Welcome to Pursuing God Podcast. I am your host, Adobe Nduka. I am the Spiritual Formation Director of North City Church. And in this podcast, we are having conversations on spiritual formation in the way of Jesus. I honestly believe you cannot grow spiritually on your own. So I am inviting you to go ahead and reach out on Facebook, on Instagram, on our website at NorthCityChurchMPLS.com. Or you can email me. My email address is adobe at northcitychurchmpls.com. Welcome and enjoy the conversation. Well, hey everybody, how y'all doing? So guess what? We have a special guest in the building. Hey. I'm Misty. Hello, hello. Hi, Misty. I'm Hi. so excited that you are joining us today. Me too. Oh Thank you for gosh. having me. So for those of people that don't know you or what you're about, just give us a little intro about you know who you are, what you do, what you know, what's going on with you. Yeah, you bet. Well, I am Misty Harper Anderson and my husband Bill and I live in the Twin Cities, we have a blended family, so uh, a daughter and a son um, from first marriages, and then a daughter together, and we just added a son-in-law, yeah! so we're super, super happy about that, and uh, I am on staff at North City Church, too, as yeah. the church planter in residence, and was recently approved by our denomination to plant a church, so Woo-hoo! we will see what is next. All right. Oh, I am super excited, as you can see. Too excited for my own good. <laughs> um, so, speaking of having an extrovert, how was your week? Our week was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. Yes, this past Saturday, our daughter married this wonderful Aww. man. She has chosen well. She Aww. she is a, um, a, I would say a good girl, but she's, you know, not a girl anymore. She is a beautiful young woman, and she Aww. chose a good man who was going to take care of her heart and uh, it was a great wedding a beautiful celebration deeply personal ceremony and uh, a fun celebration after and actually um just a couple hours ago they left on their honeymoon Honeymoon. so we're just super thrilled for them it's been a really great last week so where are they going for their honeymoon they are going somewhere in the north shore Okay. On, on the Wisconsin side of things. Okay. Now, Janie cool. told me it's really close to where he grew up, so it's, okay. it's his neck of the woods. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> so they just went to Wisconsin, not too far, not too no. far. Oh, no, so no, that no. is great. Yeah, for me personally, I don't honestly, I, this week, it's just me and my kids, because for those, I have four kiddos, for those of you that don't know or forgot, I do, and they're doing virtual learning. So, girl, it is a struggle. <laughs> and a fight for my babies to do this virtual learning mm-hmm. my second daughter Onyinye is struggling more more than the rest of them and she's just like oh mom I'm about to quit school I'm like please don't say that <laughs> does she wish she was back in a classroom <sighs> when she was back when she was in the classroom she was already struggling a bit but this virtual just added an extra yeah. layer for her and now she's just like mom maybe I, I need to find another uh, way of doing school because mm. she's just like I don't know I feel like I'm not gonna make it you know um so I, I've been praying for her so this morning yeah. I just been praying like Lord Jesus please help us Lord yeah. <laughs> if there's another way let us know if just give her the grace to power through this virtual thing 
which you have to do anyway is like lord help us like help us so yeah so prayers i'm soliciting your prayers you are praying for me and my kiddos like they are you know they are working this through trying to make this work so um so that has been my week so i'm gonna open us up in prayer before we pray oh heavenly father we are so grateful um that you have given us the space to talk um given us the space to dive into what it looks like to pursue you so father god guide our conversation sit on our conversation um and we pray that for those who are listening and for those of us who are um hosting this podcast that you will bless us open our hearts open our minds and continue to feed us and make it very aware for us on how to pursue you in jesus name amen amen all right girlfriend so we are gonna get into this topic this is a for some of us it's a curse word <laughs> that is how i used to think about this that is for sure yep for some of us this is a curse word so we are going to talk about submission y'all submission so um i want to read this quote from farsa that i found so interesting and i love it and it's so true he says nothing can put people into bondage like religion and nothing in religion has done more to manipulate and destroy people than a deficient teaching on submission oh that is the stuff right there isn't it girl Mm. mouthful the truth all Mm. thing i mean i i was telling jd that this there are people that are gifted with words and i feel like foster has that gift he just knows how to put words into how i'm at least how i'm feeling anyway and he just did i mean that was that was it i'm like fam that is so true in all levels yeah um so i have a question for you yeah go ahead have you (laughs) how have you seen the word submission being abused whether it's personally corporately in church however yeah yeah well i think that both of us as women in in ministry can attest to that for sure uh and even in in marriage when my second husband and i were getting married uh the the verse that we're using had the word submission and i found the message paraphrase because i didn't want that word (laughs) in there right because in in my viewpoint at that stage of life Mm. submission was like I'm just going to have to do whatever he tells me to do. Yes. Right? And at that point, I was still prideful enough that I didn't want to do what anybody else told me to, to do. do. Yeah. Lord, help us. <laughs> uh, and, and two, just this past weekend at our kids' wedding, mm-hmm. uh, submit was in their vows. But it, it was this mutual submission. Yes. Okay? So, so that's the good side of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in ministry, we have seen it used where women aren't allowed to preach in certain mm. situations where there is a, a mixed gender audience because yeah. a woman should not have authority. Mm. A man should not have to submit to the authority of a woman mm-hmm. preacher. Yeah. Well, I have always thought when I am preaching, yes, I suppose there is a certain amount of authority that I have, but the authority comes from scripture. Amen. It isn't mine. It is our triune God <laughs> yes. that is giving the authority here. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit of how I've seen uh, seen that power maybe mm. uh, abused. Yes. And I would imagine that you have some similar Girl, stories Girl, let that. me tell you something. Well, if y'all don't know already, 
I'm a Nigerian American, okay, and Niger in Nigeria as a whole is a very patriarchal uh, society. Mm -hmm. So now you can only imagine. <laughs> you can only. Ma I mean, we we have a little strides here and there, but most in general, it's a patriarchal and. You know, I was married. I'm divorced, but I was and I was married to a guy who literally took this to fam a whole nother level, mm -hmm. a whole nother level. So, girl, the journey of that one, and like you, you know, I married when I was what twenty. So, ain't nobody trying to tell me what to do. <laughs> okay, I, get that, I, get that. I know what I'm gonna do. So, you know. But yeah, I, the Lord Himself. Even though I was married to someone who was abusing that word submission but even with that i had to by the grace of god i had to learn what what is truly what truly is submission how does god view submission because you know i like you was going the other way because like you i thought oh i have to listen to everything he has to say and yeah. everything whatever he it's like fam i'm a i'm a human being i have you know ideas i have my own mind so god had to really teach me what submission is how he views submission and why he he has it in place. So, and doing so, I was able to get myself together. Because there comes a point, I think, where you, I think you and I are both pretty strong women. Yes. With strong personalities <laughs> and, and views. And where I was thinking, am I made incorrectly? Is there something mm. wrong with me? Am mm. I not hearing the gifts that I have? Am I not hearing this correctly from God? Am I making something up that isn't really there? Right. Because I'm supposed to be able to submit to something mm. and I feel so strongly about this other thing. Right. But the truth of the matter was that in a few of those circumstances, uh, submission was being misused. Uh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I want to um, in like literally introduce this topic and um, point out some quotes that Foster have uh, as he has this conversation of submission. Now, he's a guy, so you know, at first I was just like, okay, guy, talk about submission. Let's see. Yeah, so, my, yeah, I listen, yeah. everything in me was like, all right, fam. Guard up a little bit, right? Oh, yeah. I was guarded <laughs> when I was reading this uh, chapter, and I was just like, all right, fam, you better tread, like, tread lightly right now, like, be like, I'm watching you. So, my guard was up. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> reading this you know not only a man but also a white guy so i was just like <laughs> sir you better okay I, my eyes on you right now but i love how he start like he basically went to the biblical understanding of submission and i love that i was like okay fam you you talking to, you talking my language okay what you have to say and so <laughs> so he quotes mark 8 verses 34 he says whoever desires to come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And this is Jesus talking to his disciples, all 12 of them. And he said, hey, if you desire to come with me, you have to. So he is like, okay, this is the biblical understanding of submission. Yeah. You letting go of your desires, your will, so putting that down and saying, okay, Jesus, we are going to follow you. Yeah. And picking up our own crosses. So it's not like just following him like, okay, whatever. No, like you're going to pick up a cross. So you're going to let down your desire and your will. Pick up a cross. <laughs> this is countercultural to every oh. single thing we know. Girl. 
follow me. And they're going to keep following him, right? These 12 <sighs> disciples kept following him, knowing that they had to set aside everything, Girl. their hopes, their dreams, their plans for their future, and pick up a, a cross. cross. Mm. Okay? And mm. follow him. You know, Peter, Peter, um, Andrew, and then James and John, they left their business yeah. to follow Jesus. You know what I mean? Well, for James and John, they were actually from their dad's footsteps because their dad was also a fisherman. Yeah. So can you imagine leaving dad and saying, okay, I know you plan for us to take over the business, but... Well, and Peter, we know he had a wife. So maybe yes. children? Yes. Can you to meet that wife? Hey, honey, I'm going to leave our business. business. I'm going to go follow this, this Jesus. We don't really know too much about him yet, but... We believe he's a messiah. Yep, we, we think this is... We got this right. And uh, we going to follow. It's like, okay, fam, so how are we going to eat? Is he going? Is he paying you? Like that would be my. So how much is he paying you? How are we going? <laughs> oh, there's no money. Oh, good. Oh, <laughs> so I know. I know it's not in the Bible. That's just something that comes to yeah. mind. So, hmm, yeah. how are y'all living? Um, but yeah, and this is what Jesus says, and I love how um, Foster has this. He calls it self denial and self hatred. So he's like, yeah. listen, what Jesus is calling us to is to is self denial, not safe hatred. So he says, Jesus calls us to self-denial without safe hatred. Self-denial is simply a way of coming to understand that we do not have to have our way. Our happiness is not dependent upon getting what we want. Oh, girl, I don't listen. You read that line. You say, say what? What do you mean? It's not dependent on what to get. You know, like, what are you talking? That's so countercultural. It's so not countercultural. It is yeah. not even funny. I read that. I said, Lord, listen, that is so true. But it takes the Holy Ghost to reveal that to you. <laughs> it brought me to a place of here. I have been so critical mm. of other people misusing submission. Mm. But at the same time, I haven't wanted to submit to people that I really do respect, including my husband at yes, some point, right. because I want to do what I want to do. Oh, yes. But that isn't, that isn't how to build this relationship in, in a marriage or, or with my Holy oh, Father. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, God made it clear that he puts people in authority for a reason. Yeah. And no matter how, okay, so I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you how God deal with, dealt with me with this. You know, I love David. Like he's like one of my favorite characters in the Bible. And the guy who anointed him was Samuel. Yeah. Now the two things I found out that these two have in common is they were under an authority that God has rejected. Mm-hmm. But they still stay faithful. Oh, that's good. Girl. The Lord used that to tell me about myself. Okay. So let's say, yeah, you're married to somebody. You're thinking, I swear, you know, he don't know what he's doing. Da, 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 you know. Okay, fine. Cool. Let's talk about Samuel for a second. Homeboy was probably 10, 11 years old. We don't know. We know he was a young boy when God came to him and tell him that he has rejected Eli, who, by the way, was his father figure at this time. Yeah. And who is basically training him on all things in the tabernacle, how to be a priest. So for those of you that don't know the story, Hannah, who was married to her husband, her husband married another woman called named Penina. She has five children. Hannah is the first wife, has no children. And Penina saying that Hannah has no children, of course, is making fun of her. Yeah, and Hannah, of course, is just vexed. Like, she's just like, are you for real? So 
every time they go to Jerusalem to do their yearly sacrifice, you know, her husband, of course, would give a double portion, but that was not enough because she has no children. And for those of you that don't know, back then, and for some women even now, but for sure back then, a woman's worth, it comes from her having children. Yeah. Sadly, but it's true. And so one particular time that they went up to Jerusalem, she was crying and bawling. Like, she's just like, Lord, enough. So this is the thing about her. Even though she was crying and asking God um, for a child, this she actually made a promise. She said, Lord, if you would give me a son, I promise you I would give that child back yeah. to you. Just one child. I mean, just so that I, I can show that I can have, like, that I'm not barren. Like, I, I am. That she's not cursed, right? Because that, that yes. meant something to them. If you couldn't have a child, oh. it meant that maybe God had cursed you. Right. Was keeping you from that because of some sin, sin area oh, in your no. life. Right, right. Yeah. right. So she's just like, just give me this one child. I promise I'm going to give the child. So Eli, at this time, you know, sees her thinking that, you know, she's drunk because yeah. the way she was praying. And, I mean, I'm trying to imagine in my head. How he hadn't. He had not yet experienced a really emotional woman, apparently. Apparently, or you know, you know how people just come in service. They just come yeah. home, home, home. Like she, he's looking like, well, this lady is out here. Yeah. And so she's like, no, I'm not drunk like you think. So he prays for her and says, you know what, God is going to answer your prayer. Yeah. You know, and lo and behold, mind you, this Eli that supposedly God is rejected, God answers that because he still is an authority. He still yeah. is the priest. And this woman ends up being pregnant, uh, names him Samuel, at age two, because by now she has weaned him from breast milk. She takes him back to um, Jerusalem, back to the temple, and says, okay, here's the boy, and God, I'm leaving the boy with you. So Talk Eli. about an act of submission, right? <laughs> Giving up your one and only child. Okay, you promised, so here we are. Yeah. And Eli, got probably grandfather age at this time, probably in his 70s, who knows, 60s or 70s, has this boy that's two years old. And, it, and he's like, okay, I guess, all right, if this is the sacrifice, cool. And is raising this boy, teaching him the ways of being a priest, of being um, how to run the temple, all the things. And it said, and, and scripture says that Sam was a little boy and God's, calls him he did not know who it was he thought it was Eli so he goes back to Eli three times Eli says realizes oh that is God yeah. not you know that's what's going on so I love that because Samuel's just so little like he doesn't even know yet right he doesn't even clueless. know the voice of God yet clueless mm -hmm. he's never heard it. he's been serving in the temple all this time yeah. by the way and for the first time here and didn't know it was God so Eli gives him instructions he goes ahead he lays and says okay Lord this is your servant speak and God tells this little boy, oh, by the way, I am taking Eli out and his sons because his sons are not doing what they're supposed to do as priests. Yeah. I'm trying to imagine, I mean, trying to imagine this. And I'm thinking to myself, how would I even handle that news mm -mm. as a child? Mm -mm. And of course, Eli didn't want to, I mean, Samuel didn't want to say anything, but Eli was like, you better tell me everything. What did the Lord I told you last night? You know? <laughs> And well, and because him. this this Eli is somebody that Samuel loves, well, I would guess oh he loves gosh. him, right? Because he yes. was his father figure. Yeah. Absolutely. And now his mentor, everything. Yeah. And now God is saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to take him out, him and his boys. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, so he goes, Eli was like, you better tell me everything. Don't lie to me. So he tells him 
everything and to my shock eli was like okay he's the lord he gonna do what he gonna do and credit to eli he didn't do what king saul did with david eli kept teaching him yeah yeah good point keep loving him keep showing like he didn't reject him he didn't throw him out you know i mean he didn't do none of that now if it was saul that would be a whole company he probably killed the boy but he didn't touch him he said god would do what he wants he continues to teach him continues to mentor him continues to father him till he came of age of course that didn't happen right away but it it took time for this prophecy to come to pass this is a multi-layered story of submission oh my lord girl Hmm. i mean I, i think that's one of the reasons why I love Samuel so much as of all the prophets besides Moses, I guess. But I'm just like, fam, like staying. And also I give Eli so much credit because you have heard now from this little boy, God saying, I'm going to take you out and your sons because of, you know, all the things that your sons are doing and you're not addressing it. And for him to say, okay, Lord, your will be done, not mine. I'm going to continue to raise this person that you have picked to take my place talk about maturity yeah girlfriend yep that was that's real wisdom (laughs) real wisdom i said okay so here samuel stays under he does not curse his um mentor or never there's nothing that suggests that he says anything back to eli that he reject no homeboy stayed submitted stayed faithful and now mind you he was prophesying and people were recognized that god has chosen him but he did not leave that temple he did not say anything ill about eli he just stayed under eli yeah i understand you recognize master prophet thank you but i am submitted under this man's mm. leadership we have some lessons to girl learn. <laughs> wow when i tell wow. you the lord smacked me up listen the lord uses to smack me okay smack me all over <laughs> i said "Ooh!" i said okay lord all right i'm i'm gonna I'm do like samuel okay i mean really and i and nothing happened to god himself took eli out to his sons but samuel did not say no ill word about even when God gave him that prophecy, he did not say that to anybody else, just yeah. to Eli and kept that prophecy to himself. Yes. He did not go out to say it to anybody else. So it's just God, Eli, and him. That's it. Yeah. Mind blowing. Say fam. Okay, if you want to see some people would want to go out into the world and be like, listen, Eli's time is almost oh, up. You know? But I'm the man. I'm the next like, one in line. You see coming. how all this prophecy, you see how it's coming through? Yeah. That's a sign that the Lord is with me. I mean, I can imagine how, oh, girl. What what I'm seeing mm. in, in what Foster has written, what we're talking about here is that submission takes humility. Yo, so much humility. So Godly humility, right? Like, oh. we're, we're not saying... Um, I don't know how to say this right, but we're not saying like how to make ourselves lower, Lord. like just mm-hmm. to be low, not self-hatred, right? Exactly. We don't want the self-hatred. Nope. Uh, nope. But we want the self-denial. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read this quote here that he has. He says, we can find our identity in the act of self-denial. Mm-hmm. Okay. For example, he uses uh, Jesus, for example, he says, Jesus submitted to God, the father, in, in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, when he was praying and saying, yeah. Lord, you know, is there other way? If there isn't another way, please 
let you know let's find another way but let your will so he submitted to that but that was not safe hatred instead jesus found his identity when he submitted he knew the purpose for which he had come i'm telling you and when he rose from the dead honey he rose with all power and all authority hear me so you actually find your identity he also used uh apostle paul as as another example so mind you he was saul going around persecuting to god stopping his tracks and then god said about paul he says he well, um, let me quote it. It's, um, Acts 9, verse four, uh, 16. He says, I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. That's what the Lord said, okay? Yeah. But let me tell you something. If Saul did not submit to what God was calling him to, he would not be known as Apostle Paul. We no. would not even we have... We wouldn't have the epistles. No. We wouldn't have most of the book no. of Acts. No, for sure. And Paul or Saul would be suffering eternal death for sure without a doubt so him submitting to what god has called him to do he becomes an apostle paul he changed his name and he does something he would never have done if he didn't submit so you actually find your identity when you submit and deny thyself not safe hatred but deny yes. your will basically deny your desire say okay i'm gonna put that aside lord what is it that you have for me and I love how he says self-denial is not the same as self-contempt. Yes. Self-contempt claims that we have no worth. And if we do, we should reject it. And that's not what he's saying at all. He says self-denial declares that we are of infinite worth and shows us how to realize it. So talk about humility. Also, to submit, you have to be so comfortable and know who you are yes, in yes. order to submit. Well, going back to my example of, of our marriage, mm-hmm. we had some, the, the first five years were pretty rocky. Yeah. My husband was deployed for most of them, and it was okay. it was rough. And he comes home after five years. The kids are a little bit older. Right, right. Uh, and he wants to be part of the family, and he should have authority over these children. Right, right. right. But I'm like, hold up. <laughs> You're stepping on my toes. I got a system. Dang, I don't right, need right. Your help right now. Like, I got this. Here's how we do things. Let me know if you want to be a part of that. Oh, oh man. God, help us. <laughs> and then through Oof. therapy and conversations mm. and so many things, I realized this I have an identity mm. for sure. I have worth for mm. sure. Right. He has an identity yes. and a worth. Yes. And instead of um, coming against that, let's come together. Right in mutual submission yes. and we will love and we will support and challenge and encourage one another mm. instead of me saying get out of my way right <laughs> right right <laughs> oh that poor, man. That poor man oh that's how much he loves you girl that's uh, how much and i love. will say i will say this <laughs> that even though that time was so incredibly difficult mm-hmm. i'm really glad we went through it amen because it it showed us our value as individuals and the the even greater value that we have as a couple and as uh, people who are parenting together Amen. instead of against each other. Amen. Yeah. It works way better yes. when you're working together. <laughs> I'm sure he would agree with that. If you listen to this or see this, I'm sure you will oh, agree for with sure. this too. <laughs> He'd be hollering, Amen, Amen, typing it in the comments. Um, but I, another thing I found, at least for me, is God had to deal with my insecurities. Mm-hmm. For me to really learn how to submit. 
because the insecurity that kicked in was okay well you trying i'm not less than you you know you're not better than me you know all that yeah, was yeah, just kicking yeah. in and i remember god <laughs> and he continues to but for sure at that time dealing with my insecurities and saying girl daughter you are loved i love you with all the faults you got going on because you know coming to god listen i grew up believing that god is the supreme being and you have to be holy and down to be his child like if you mess up or something happened then you're off the grace of god yeah. and you have to repent real quick and yeah. come you know like this tension of and it was honestly exhausting to trying to be good and trying to be perfect and I just had this image, okay, for me to be a child of God, I have to be perfect, I have to be holy, you know, and I have to be in this narrow road, and I can't, you know, put one leg out here, and what, no, like, I have, and it was so exhausting. Because you can't do it, right? I can't do it, and on top of that, I was so judgmental with other people, Mm. because I can't do it, so I see, and I'm, like, so critical, so judgmental on other people's journey, because I thought that's the way to do it, so I'm trying to do it, and if you all you off you know you're not part of you know it's horrible like okay you know how they talk about the pharisees in the bible i was them Mm. i was them like no you're not following the rules you're not following the regulations i'm a rule follower like in my heart i'm a rule follower so when people don't i just want to be like well that's why that's happening exactly exactly if you follow the rules you everything would have worked out and and but we know that's not true no that's not true not even close girl there Mm -hmm. people follow the rules and still you know nothing still don't come out so yeah the lord had to deal with me on that and again with with samuel man i was just like okay lord and honestly i realized how much attack has come with this word and how people have abused this word Mm. and i'm like lord for there to be so much attack in this there has to be value in it because the enemy is using this and abusing it yes so that means this there's something in this thing if we can get it right so then what are the limits that we need to set to submission listen girlfriend okay let's talk about this because okay foster's my boy because after reading this i was like fam you, you my guy right you like my we're guy. happy to have him in our corner oh now, right? yes. i mean again like i said i i would listen i had the walls up i was like okay let's see what you have to say but man reading this i was like you know what i like you so <laughs> <laughs> Foster, so this, you are now our people you are our people so this is what he said he says revol- revolutionary su- uh sub- subordination commands us to live in submission to human authority until it becomes destructive. Mm-hmm. And I say, fam, you better talk to me. You better talk to me. Because it could be, again, like we said, there are people that would abuse this thing. And he said, when it becomes destructive, okay, that's when you have to back off. So now he gave, so he gave two instances, for example. So he said, sometimes, not all the time, sometimes it's easy to determine that this has been destructive, right? So he gave an example. He says, a citizen is asked to violate the dictates of scripture or uh, and conscious for the sake of the state maybe to do something you know that's not scriptural at all or it's even and it's against your conscience he says in each of these cases the disciple refuses not arrogantly but in a spirit of meekness and submission so 
what comes to my mind are those that are being persecuted for their faith. So, yes. like, it, for example, in the early church, when, especially in the scripture, in the book of Acts, when, you know, the disciples of and people of God were really being persecuted because they believe Jesus is the Messiah. Yes. Well, we were just reading about that in, in Hebrews 10 gotcha. last week, right on Monday. We were oh, reading absolutely. about that. And uh, how Paul is encouraging these people to keep gathering together. Well, gathering together might mean that they're going to lose their lives because oh, they have yes. watched their friends yes. come together mm. and keep coming together, even when the Roman government was telling them not to. Right. That's and against because the law. of that, mm-hmm. they were tortured and killed. Killed. Yes. Absolutely. But their submission to God was more important Important. than their submission to the human authority. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So this is what Foster's talk about this. Sometimes that it is very clear Now this. And then this is where our faith is kicked into a whole nother level, right? Is okay. Do I submit to God or do I submit to the spirit of fear? Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, that persecute y'all when they said they were being killed, it wasn't like for some, of course, they lost their business because nobody was buying from them. But when you start seeing people being killed because they profess Jesus as their Lord and Savior and they are still gathering in their own micro churches or in their own um, homes and they're being killed for it, fam, that thing does something to you. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, ooh, now that whole thing about picking up your cross and following mm-hmm. me, Jesus saying that now becomes very real. Yeah, because Jesus yeah. was crucified because he said he was the Messiah that the God, God, the father sent him. He was crucified for that. And now we are following him. He said, you better pick up your cross child, because there will come a place where the authority in place does not believe and puts law in place. And then you have to figure out, OK, am I going to believe God and go ahead, and do this and then face the consequences? Yeah. Or am I going to back off because of fear? And, and actually deny my faith entirely. There's this book, it's called The Advocate, and it's historical fiction mm. based off of the life of Jesus and who um, the book of Luke and the book of Acts might have been written to, right? Ooh, and it's okay. uh, written by an attorney, or at least there was an attorney consulting on it, so there's this legal aspect mm. of it. And uh, it describes in this book what some of the torture was, how some of the deaths came about mm. and, and that's real history there how gotcha. uh, how people were tortured and died for their faith mm. and uh, to know that they are submitting to the highest of the authorities by not backing down Whew. oh that's something oh, to man. think to think what mm. that real persecution was Where's like the, for them exactly I mean you know we talk about the western culture and, and Christianity you know for some people, they're like, yeah, y'all not really facing persecution. Go to China or yeah. those Muslim countries yeah. where you have believers there and they are meeting secretly, joining together secretly yeah. to praise God. I mean, that that is serious. I mean, that is, yeah. I think that's like taking your faith to a whole nother level yeah. and saying, Lord, I mean, yes, we're doing, it's not like we're going out in the open doing, we're going to do it secretly, but if we get find out, I'm not going to deny it. it is what it is, you know, and I think, man, that is so, um, I mean, I remember <laughs> praying to God cause you know, I read the stuff and hear about it. And I remember going to God and saying, Lord, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if I would go ahead and be persecuted 
because I believe in you. I said, Lord, to be honest with you, I could see myself denying you like Peter. <laughs> yeah. So that I can have my life. And I said, Lord, you have to help me with that. Like you, because I'm, I'm not even gonna lie. I'm telling you the truth. If someone bring a gun to my head and was like, okay, either deny Christ and live or claim him and die. Honestly, I'm gonna deny you. So this is what, and this is like what about probably eight years ago. So I prayed this prayer. I said, Lord, you have to help me with this. Cause to be honest, this is challenging. Well, come to find out, but <laughs> God put me where honestly, and the reason why I end up being divorced is because I took hold of the call of God in my life of going into ministry and who I was married to at the time was not going to go in with me. Mm. He was just like, nope, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing the whole ministry thing. That's the... Now, he claims to be a Christian, but he was like, I am not. Nope. If that's what you, he, and honestly, he came to a point where he was like, it's either ministry or him. Mm. I said, Jesus? <laughs> Is this my test? Lord Jesus, is it? Oh, I pick you. <laughs> and honestly, that's honest. That's what really um, ended my marriage because I was just like, all right, fam, me and the Lord, I'm gonna go ahead do what He called me to do. It's been nice. Well, and that lends itself to one of the other things that that Foster said, mm-hmm. uh, right? What Listen. about the marriage partner who feels stifled and kept from personal fulfillment because of the spouse's professional career? Right. Is this a legitimate form of self denial, or is, is it destructive? Absolutely, absolutely. And in your your scenario, it sounds like it was um, more than just a, a career being stifled. A ministry, yes, mm-hmm. to some degree, yeah. is a career for sure. But it is a calling, absolutely. Right? That, uh, nobody gets into ministry to become part of the Forbes top or something, right? Like that's not why you do it. You do it because God has placed this call on your Absolutely. life and you feel like anything that you would do besides that is disobedience. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, so then it becomes, are oh, you going to choose God or are you going to choose him? It's like, ah, oh, sorry fam. Bye. Yeah. Jesus all the way. That's tough. Oh, uh, like, I mean, it was shocking um, when you think about it, but then it was like, it is what it is and I know right. for sure I'm not the only one and I've met a few women that for sure I'm not the only one that that has happened to yeah. where the husband are like okay but then really they are, they are not with you and by the time you know you find yourself by yourself distant from your spouse and you're like okay I guess this is this is goodbye and it's hard and it's painful but you know it's like okay Lord here, here, here I go I gotta trust him in this thing and I love what um, Foster say about this because you know for depending on because every situation is different mine just happened to be this was my um, my choice and this is how it went but for some people it might not be as clear and you're trying to really and you are wrestling you're really wrestling because you're like okay it's just should I deny myself and let you know especially especially females and you let your husband just go ahead and do this career thing and he's saying okay this is what God's called and but then you feel left out you feel like okay I'm just left with children if you have children you know what I mean and you're having this battle like okay is this how we okay I understand he says he's pushing 
this career but is this a healthy way in pursuing it or is he pursuing it and he's finding another life oh with that career mm-hmm. and leaving me and the kiddos mm-hmm. behind because mm-hmm. that's a whole different conversation yeah. so what you know and is this battle like you don't want to seem like you're coming between him and what you know his career but at the same time fam if i feel like you're having a whole another life like i'm yeah. not even part of what you're doing out there so i love how he um foster says he says in defining the limits of submission we are contemplated into a deep dependency upon the holy spirit the Mm -hmm. spirit is an an accurate discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart both yours and mine he will be he will be to us a present teacher and prophet instructing us in what to do in every situation Thank you, Jesus, for sending us the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, that these big decisions that we have to make are not just out of our own minds. Exactly. Our own hearts. Our own feelings. Because you know how we are. Yes. (laughs) Especially us females. You know how we are. Like, I can't be. But it's like, okay, all that feelings, all the thoughts, and all, all the things that's racing, just bring, bring yourself to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, what say ye? what say you this is mm-hmm. how i'm feeling this is what i'm singing i don't know and you know how we are like i know he knows da, 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 and you didn't say anything but you figure he knows <laughs> and he should have done this or she should have done that okay lord what say you yeah what say you what do you see what should i do in this situation um how should i perceive this situation right now because honestly right now i am hurt i am upset mm-hmm. i'm disappointed right now so help me see this from your uh, point of view and let the holy spirit do it yeah and most of the time trust me he starts with you <laughs> i am going through this season oh he starts with me oh mm-hmm. listen he will start with you and what first of all he starts with your intentions and what you thought should have happened and i mean all the things and all the things that you assume so that they find out you're just looking a hot mess, assuming such things. <laughs> um, God just knows how to do it, but always go to Him. Let Him do the. Let Him do the work. Yeah. Let Him, um, show you the path. Let, I mean, sometimes you say something, you're looking at Him like for real, like don't do this to me. <laughs> well, and then it comes back to some of the other disciplines that you've already talked about, oh, right? Like sure. the the time in quiet, the time in prayer. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. Whatever God is asking you to do to still yourself enough yes. so that you can hear, hear his him. voice. Absolutely. Yes. Because you can't, the Holy Spirit can be talking and talking and talking at you, but if you or I are so busy mm-hmm. planning our own things mm-hmm. and not seeking him, yes. we're not going to hear what he has to say Absolutely to us. Absolutely not. I mean, our last episode, we'll talk about solitude. Yeah. So like finding a space, just like, okay, Lord, it's me and you no distraction if you have to go do a retreat go do it like i'm leaving you out here i need to hear from god right now because right now how i'm feeling right now things will get deadly and ugly so let me just get that time out lord what say ye? i'm covering out this time for me and you to talk mm-hmm. so oh absolutely so i have a question have you experienced a limit of submission where I feel I've been limited by mm-hmm. submission. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Have you experienced that at all? I would say uh, that 
I have allowed myself even to be mm. limited by um, an idea of submission. Okay. So I, about uh, six years ago now, took a position in a church mm. uh, and through that found my way um, to a, a university, earned a Christian studies undergrad, decided that I wanted to go to seminary. Okay. And I can remember having conversations just within the last few years thinking I don't I don't ever want to be a lead pastor in a church because that job belongs to a man. Wow. Can you believe I would say that? Yes. And now here I am. Uh, absolutely. Here I am. Yeah. Uh, a few years down the road, mm. getting ready to plant a church in which I will for sure be the lead pastor. <laughs> right. Maybe a co-lead pastor. We'll see how so, all that goes. Right. But for sure, I will be a lead pastor right. in this church because I can now see through some other experiences that mm. women are leading mm. in our churches. Oh, for sure. I, I think our, our mutual friend Steph says this often, that we cannot be what we cannot see. Absolutely. And that was my experience at, at that point where I was thinking, no, I'm not going to be a lead pastor. I need to be led by somebody. Gotcha. Uh, and I, I think that a beautiful example is men and women leading together. Oh, Actually, for sure. That, that's what I've seen is, is the most powerful, mm -hmm. getting the best of both of our personalities. But I had allowed this skewed view of submission mm. to keep me from thinking that there could be something else. Gotcha. How would you? I was thinking mm. today, uh, as we were talking about this, mm -hmm. um, about how, about godly submission, and um, this really goes into, I think, what we're going to talk about next, but when we're supposed to submit to authority mm. that maybe we don't respect, oh, maybe we think this is a awesome. person that shouldn't have girl. authority. And yes, the story that came to my mind was mm -hmm. Daniel. Mm, girl. And there are yes. several examples throughout the book of Daniel. Woo. But one of them, we tell our kids like on felt boards, right? We get the lion and, and Daniel's going in the lion's den. It's kind of this cute little story. There's nothing cute about that. <laughs> There's a man and he's going to get eaten by lions. Woo. But he did that because he was submitting again to God, right? It goes back to the same thing right. of Samuel and right. David. They were submitting to God first. And Daniel and Darius, I think Darius was somebody mm. that Daniel respected oh, and appreciated. Sure. It was King Darius's sidekicks that were the problem Girl. here. And they were so jealous of him. And um, I don't know, Darius was just blindly following what they were going to say. Right. And Daniel said, but I'm going to keep praying to my God because he is my God. Absolutely. And uh, in that... God protected him. Absolutely. Now, there are times right now where, um, whether it's leaders and corporations mm -hmm. or in our government, mm -hmm. that I certainly can see where there are people I don't want to submit to these people. Right. Because I don't think, in my opinion, yeah. <laughs> that they're who should be in leadership mm -hmm. right now. Mm hmm and yet God is allowing that. Yes. Right. God allowed Darius to be the king. Absolutely. God allowed Nebuchadnezzar to be the king. And mm -hmm. he, he used him for that time in history to serve his purposes. So as long as what I'm being asked to do isn't coming up against what God is saying mm -hmm. in his scripture. For sure. I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Then I can submit albeit hesitantly right sometimes 
to authority. Yes. That is so true. So, so accurate. So true. And, you know, um, scripture did say for us to pray for our leaders. Yes. And I have done that. I remember, uh, I remember when um, the second Bush was president. And, of course, you know, I didn't agree with all the stuff he was saying, you know. But yet, he is the president. And I remember reading scripture and saying, you know, pray for those that got upon authority. And I kid you not, as I begin to pray for him, my heart began to soften. To the point where I honestly started um, feeling sympathy for him, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I started really just praying for him. Like, man... I, I mean, imagine, yeah, you're the president, but then for sure, you know, people that can't stand you, which at the time I was one of them. <laughs> and, but yet you still have to lead these people you, the best you know how, because you're human, you know, you're not God, the best you know how. And I found praying for him, praying for his family, for his daughters, man, my heart was softened and I found my heart increasing uh, for this man. So when you begin to pray for your leaders, you be surprised how God changes you and give you this whole different perspective on how to look at those leaders that you don't agree with or you don't feel like you to be in power. Um, and uh, it is done wonders for me. So I now I find myself, no matter who's um, leading, I just go to God like, okay, Lord, you know. Apparently, whoever's in charge is in charge. You allow that, yeah. period. Yeah. Um, I don't care who, whatever anybody said. I just believe God allows certain things. So you allow this for a reason, for a purpose. Now help me, give me the right perspective to go about this. Yeah. What is the lesson you want to teach us in this? What is it that you want to reveal with this? You know, because yeah. sometimes God will allow stuff to reveal some stuff. So what is it that you're revealing? And pro- get, let me be in a, the correct heart posture. Mm. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. You know, so... That has after doing that with um, George Bush, I, I've been doing that ever since. Yeah, it's like okay. I mean, I vote. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, it's like whoever God puts in authority, it is who He puts in authority, and just have to submit and pray as I submit. And like you said, as far as it's now outside Scripture or outside what God has uh, commanded us to do, then you know, yeah, just pray that through. So yeah, when this when. Uh, the coronavirus came to the U.S. or mm-hmm. when we became aware well, of it, being right. in the US, <laughs> uh, I started praying for our federal and our state mm-hmm. leaders to mm-hmm. mostly for unity, yes. really, because there were, d- and even still, there are so many different decisions across the 50 states for sure. uh, that don't agree mm-hmm. with one another. Mm-hmm. And I can go back through and look at my prayer journal, and it was like post-it note over post-it note over post-it note, like, well, it's getting a little bit worse. It's a little worse. It's a hot mess. Right? <laughs> it's a hot mess. And I don't know. Mm. I don't know how this gets better. Mm. And I still don't know right. how this gets better. I don't sure. know how the political climate in this country gets better. Mm. I don't know how uh, the social climate mm. gets better in this sure. country. Sure. But, but I worship a God who does. Amen. And I worship a God who is going to win in the end. Amen. And although I can feel really helpless right now, right. he's given us a weapon of prayer. Amen. He has given us the double-edged sword of scripture. Mm. And so I'm going to hold on to those things. Sure. And I, I think I read something last night that said God isn't afraid of this, right? <laughs> yeah. 
praise you that you're not afraid of this because <laughs> so sure. much of what's happening in this world right now brings fear. Yes, and absolutely. we know beyond the shadow of a doubt that we can uh, come in submission to him. Absolutely. If nothing else. If nothing else. Actually, first and foremost, we come to submission oh, for to him. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then anything else can fall. So speaking of that, Foster lists seven acts of submission. Mm, yeah, these are good. They, and okay. they are so good. So the first one, he says, submit to the triune God. We surrender our body, mind, and spirit into the hands of God to do with us as he pleases. You know, so that's the first thing. If you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we ask that we hope and pray that you do so. Yeah. Lay down your life and take up your cross. Take up your Mm -hmm. cross. He says his burden is light. His yoke is easy. Why is it? Because he gives us the Holy Spirit to walk and do this life. So God is not saying come with me and then you do this on yourself. No, he's not letting you... He doesn't want you to do this life by yourself. He wants you to come to him so he can pop the Holy Spirit in you. And then we can do this life together. We do it with the Lord. We do this life together because, man, this life is hard if you have not recognized. (laughs) I lived the first 20-something years Hmm. not surrendered to Jesus. Yes. And I would say my sanctification process was real slow. So really Mm -hmm. from like my late 20s to my mid 30s, I still was trying to go on my own. Mm -hmm. And it's not that hard stuff doesn't happen after you submit to the triune God. Right. Uh, But you know that that the spirit is walking with you, you know that Jesus is walking with you, and you know that Jesus has walked through every single thing that you could ever walk through. Oh, absolutely. Or even worse. So, for sure. Because uh, he's going to, to hell, literally. And he's like, listen, I don't want you to go there. So just come with me. So I ain't trying to go to hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he did that for me. Thank you. Yes, I'll stay right here with him. Um, the next one he says is submit to scripture. As we submit to the living word, which is Jesus, so we submit to the written word, which is mm-hmm. the scripture itself. So, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, submit to the scripture. Um, and when you read scripture, don't even think of reading this on your own. Let the Holy Spirit teach you. Let the Holy Spirit reveal to you what he is saying in his word. So submit to the Lord. I love how he said that. Yeah. The Lord himself, Jesus, who is the living word. And then also to scripture. So absolutely. So first, triune God. Second scripture. The third is our family. And he said the primary deed of submission is committing to listen to other family members. Submitting to each other. So granted, yes, I'm a mom, single mom, and yes, I have the authority in the house. At the same, at the same token, I listen to my children. For sure. I mm-hmm. absolutely listen because God entrusts me with them, and they have their own feelings, their own perspectives, um, their own collectivities, and I have to sit and listen to what they have to say. And when I make any major decisions, we have family meeting. I call yeah. family meeting. We sit down. I tell them, okay, this is a decision we're making. We have conversations about that. I give them that open um, floor to let's have a conversation, which my parents never did. <laughs> that was not a thing at all. It's like It wasn't part of the culture, right? Absolutely right. not. What? Children are seen, not heard, girl. Mm-hmm. What you talking? Mm-hmm. 
Like, what? You have, say, what? What bills are you paying? You know what I mean? Like, you better go sit down. <laughs> you know? And no, my children are like, Mom, you always bring that up. I say, yes, because it's true. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like, that was, yeah, that was not even a culture. Listen to it. What? Are you insane? Um, no, this is what we decided. This is what we're doing. Yeah, you're going to switch this or we're moving here. Like, and you just, go, you just go with it. There's, you don't have a say. Not that, you know, my children technically can have a say and say, oh, no, well, not that, but just to have that conversation. Well, and sometimes they have really good ideas. They really do. And also there are times, I don't know if you know this about me, I am an imperfect parent. Oh, welcome to the... Sometimes yay. I really jack things up with my kids. <laughs> and being able to come to them and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, girl. I think, man, as a, as a, a, a woman, a mother... Mm-hmm. It is powerful to be able to come to my child and say, I'm really sorry that I did this. Right. I shouldn't have said this. I shouldn't have right. acted this, this way, way. Mm-hmm. because I I want them to respect me. Yes. And I want that from the people who are leading me also. Absolutely. I don't expect perfect leaders. Right. But I expect that when somebody messes up, that they're going to acknowledge uh, that they messed up and repent. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Oh, I agree 100%. Um, the fourth people to submit to is our neighbors, those that we meet in the course of our daily lives. And we do this because if they are in need, we help them. That's a yeah. way of submitting to them. So I have a neighbor literally across the door from me. And once in a while, you know, he would need help. So last time he was drinking and literally fell on the floor. Oh no! Yes, so he knocks. So and not and literally by my door. So he knocks, and I go. I look, and of course I can't see anybody. But I can see his leg. Or he's tall, and I'm like, whose leg is this? So I open the door. Sure enough, it was him on the floor. And I'm like, Are you okay? Now my job busy doing something, and but immediately my attention goes to him and. I used to be a resident assistant, which is equivalent mm-hmm. to CA, CNA. And I remember that st- kicked in, that nursing assistant muscles kicked in. It was like, okay, I have to find a way to lift him up where he's not hurt, where he, I don't bruise yeah. him. Like yeah. the whole yeah. thing just li- right then and there. And I said, okay, I had to talk to him, make sure that he didn't hit his head. So all of this was just like, it was, I was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm in nurse, you know, in nursing. <laughs> I'm in nursing school. I was like, okay, what's wrong? How did you fall? And he was cognizant, so he can tell me, even though he was drunk, but he can tell me how he felt. I was like, okay. So he's like, I'm going to give you my keys. Can you open the door and help me out? Sure. So as he's getting his keys, I'm talking to him, you know, lift him the proper way under his armpit right here. And he was able to get up. I said, okay, I'm going to help you pick this up. Make sure you go in. Make sure you lay down. He goes in. I make sure he goes in and lay down. I'm just like, okay. He closed the door. And I'm just like, ain't nobody was thinking that would happen. No. <laughs> but I left no. everything I was doing and it, like, okay, he needs help right now. Um, and then the whole nursing thing was just kicking in. So just stuff, you know, just or oh, you need something and and they, you know, girl, you don't feel like going out to cup to get something. You're like, Do you have sugar? Do you have what? Like those little things, or you know, you have, you know, you need some equipment. Girl, you ain't trying to go buy no equipment, but mm-hmm. you know a neighbor. And I, I remember, but this is before um, I was living in Park Ave, and the lawnmower we had was not working. But I had a neighbor that had a lawnmower. He was like, "Hey, you can use our lawnmower. Great, so I don't have to worry about that." 
in the neighborhood that we live in, we just in the last few years really have started to get to know the neighbors that we've maybe been there eight or nine years or something. Mm. And uh, do you know what buckthorn is? No. It looks like a tree. It looks like a tree, but it is intrusive, obtrusive. Mm. I don't know what the right word is. Gotcha. But it will kill living plants because it grows so much so it will actually Ooh. harm the trees and things that are supposed to be growing it's very wooded wow. where we live hmm. and in the fall all of the neighborhood people come together with their chainsaws it's very frightening sounding <laughs> uh, so many chainsaws going at the same time but even people that don't have the woods behind their house like gotcha. they're back there cutting this stuff down and trying to take care of it wow. and there is no real benefit right. for them to do it. It's just a way to love their neighbors. neighbors. And it really oh. is this really cool thing. And you make food, right? Like, it just becomes, like, this neighborhood kind of festival oh. almost. <laughs> and, and then for a short period of time, until more grows, you right. can see you can see through oh the, the woods a little bit. That is awesome. Yeah. yeah, I love when neighbors get together and do stuff. I love it. Me too. I think it is Me the too. coolest thing in the world. Um, the uh, the fifth um, submission we should have is to submit to believing community. So submitting to the, oh, your church me. community. And he says, if there are jobs or tasks that needs to be accomplished, you can look closely to see if this is God's invitation. Mm, so, okay. of course, he warns that, yes, we cannot do everything. But, you know, if there's a tax or something that needs to be done, like, hey, inquire God and wonder, is this an invitation to step in and yeah. do this? So I, I absolutely love that. And of course, the church would not be the church without the people. And I think it helps us overcome the consumer mentality of church, right? Yes. Like I'm just going to go and I'm going to get yes. in the church. I want to yes. be fed by the sermon and right. the music. Right. But when you start serving in your church, you really become part of that body. Oh, and it sure. becomes so much more a part of who you are, who your family is. Mm -hmm. And uh it empowers you, I think. Even. Oh, up, oh my gosh! I know yes. it sounds like it's taking something from you, but it will really give something back to you oh, when you find sure. the right places to serve. With oh, your for sure, because body. then you have a community that yeah. a faith community that you can grow with. Yeah. I mean, I've said this before, like you know, doing this um, spiritual formation, you cannot do it without other people. Right. Yes, right. you can go ahead. We're pursuing God, absolutely doing all these disciplines and reading our scripture and all that but god places you in communities for a purpose mm -hmm. we are designed to be in community granted you know when god created adam he said and it was just adam he said it's not good for man to be alone of course i always joke and say yeah that's why we women and which is true that's why god had to have women up in this earth because if it's just men it would be a hot mess okay <laughs> But um, but also not, and that's not to say that if you're single, then something's wrong with you. No, no, no. it's to say that you, we are not meant to be alone. So even if you're single, God will place you in a community of people yeah. where you do life together. And if you're a believer in a where you grow spiritually together, that you have people that can pray for you. Because sometimes, mm -hmm. honey, you're going through something crazy and tough. You need people to pray with you to come alongside you and pray and be your intercessors yeah you know so yeah god never cares to be alone so i absolutely agree to submit to to submit to that um another one he says which i found interesting is to submit to the broken and despised yeah he says our first responsibility is to be among them tell me more what you think about that oh girl I, man i read i was like wow 
And, you know, what came to my mind, honestly, is this is where Jesus wants us to be. It's where Jesus was, right? It is where he was Literally. when he was on this earth. It is where he was, was on earth. The, the people in the margins, those that were ostracized, those that were kicked out, out of synagogues, you know, those, the misfits, the quote-unquote sinners, like everybody else is not. <laughs> but, you know, the people that uh, the Pharisees were called sinners, the task collector. You actually have one of the task collectors be one of his disciples. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just mind-blowing. And that's where Jesus was. And I, that's what God is calling us to. Like, I want you to go to those spaces. I want you um, interact with people like that because that's where I, I want them to know there is hope. I want them to know there is life. I want them to know that I care, that I see them. And if we are the living representations of Jesus and we you know, are the human representation, then us showing up is... God's way of saying, hey, I care. Right. I care. I see you. You are valued. Well, and this is, it's it's where we see the, the most love and compassion out mm-hmm. of Jesus. Absolutely. Right? Is when he is with the people who are on the margins. Yes. We see the feisty, sarcastic side of Jesus, which I also love a part of him, <laughs> when he's with the Pharisees, the right? Oh. When he's coming up against the Girl. law, oh. we see that. I and love that Jesus was feisty. I don't oh, know about you. Too. Me too. Some of my favorite passages in all of scripture are his sarcasm and Paul's sarcasm. Yes. Right? <laughs> his just, his gets to be, I yeah. absolutely love it. So the last one is to submit to the world. You know, our act of submission is a determination to live as a responsible member of an increasing irresponsible world. Okay. That I laughed out loud when I read that. And increasingly irresponsible world. world. Girl, mm. you know, I said, you know, because, again, we, me and my kiddos were talking and we're seeing how other countries are not letting America come in right now because of how they're handling this whole. And I was like, listen, you know, what I mean, like we live in this world, like everybody needs to play together. And I feel like America is that, you know, rebellious teenager. Like, mm-hmm. no, I am not doing that. I have my own will. I have my own rights. Da, 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 da. We don't want to submit. Exactly. And the other countries like, okay, if you're going to do that, then you are not coming in here. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a quick little embarrassing story. Uh-oh. Uh, a few years ago, my family and I went on this dream vacation to Hawaii. Gotcha. And we went paddle boarding a couple mm-hmm. of days. Mm-hmm. Now, first of all, the guy said, oh, paddle boarding on the ocean is, same, is the same as paddle boarding on a lake in Minnesota bold face lie okay there are waves right there are not waves on my lake by no, our house no but there are there waves are in the ocean so i sat most of the time for fear of falling off but while i did and this is the embarrassing part is that i use my paddle to scoop up pollution in the ocean Girl. My kids are like, what, what are, are you, you doing? doing? <laughs> like, this is this world that God has created for us, and people lost their lunch. Like, it was oh literally like a big gosh. sandwich and some things that were floating in the ocean. I'm, I'm just going to clean this up. Well, because I'm going to take care of this little piece of ocean. Well, since you're sitting there, why not? I, yeah, I don't I think didn't that's have embarrassing. Better to do. I was not standing up on that board. Oh, there it you was go. Just not happening. Well, and at least you're cleaning the ocean. So I'll take that. That's not embarrassing. <laughs> okay. It that's, was embarrassing for my kids. Oh, uh, well, like, we always embarrass our kids, on, though. Mm-hmm. But we always embarrass our That's our yeah. job. They'll be all right. I do take some delight in that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I want to close this off um, with this wonderful quote, I think. Um, Farsa has that I think embraces what we are talking about and he says spiritual authority 
is God ordained and God sustained. I'm going to repeat that again. Spiritual authority is God ordained and God sustained. Spiritual authority is marked by both compassion and power. Mm. And I absolutely love that, especially for those of us in ministry that God has called in positions, like to understand that God ordained us in those positions and God will sustain that. But then for us to make sure we come into it with compassion and it's compassion and power. So I just love that quote. Um, So to close this up, can you close us off in prayer? I would love to. Thank you. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, I thank you for this conversation between Adobe and me this afternoon. I I thank you for this book. Mm -hmm. I thank you for what we're learning about disciplines, what we're learning about who we are as followers of Jesus through these disciplines. We thank you that we know that we can trust in your authority, that we can come freely to you to lay down our lives and pick up our crosses, whatever that might look like in this world. I uh, am challenged actually to lay down a few more things. Mm -hmm. And I believe that part of life is a continual laying down of our own agendas, seeking your will, uh, and and like Jesus saying, your will, not mine. I I will submit to your authority and trust you in the process. I... I, I praise you for who you are, how mm. faithful and loving and kind and compassionate you are. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. We are so grateful that you doing it. Hope that you can join us next week, having another special uh, guest and co-host. So I'm excited to listen. I'm excited to let you know when you tune in. So stay tuned. So. Take care, God bless you, and I hope you have a